0: We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia,
1: the Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture
2: and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're
1: going to need a bigger boat.
2: I'll have what she's having.
1: Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world?
0: Welcome to Unscripted the Film Show. I am Cecilia and I am joined in the studio by Lewis. By Lewis? With Lewis?
1: Um. Yeah. I, I think either 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 way work. works. Work. Hello, Lewis. we having, off, off air. We were like discussing like um, we indefinitely. definitely <laughs> It's like because like, you know, hear we're like indefinitely, and it can be taken as two two ways. Like, a, mm. um, you know, a, a time limit that's you know just forever, and then an unspecified time limit or something like that. Or it's it's just it's weird English language. It's very strange. It,
0: it is a weird language. I feel like indefinitely is a good way to not let people down. Yeah. Um. Which is. It, I'm a people pleaser, so I often use that word. Um, but I probably should not use that word uh, at all because, yeah, it, it doesn't quite. It, it's a stupid word, to be honest. It's, uh, it really is. It's like, uh, what's the other word that people say, and it's completely? Oh, I can't remember. I'll probably think about cool. it and I'll come back to it. But there's a word that people say, and I'm like, that is just not correct at all. Uh, but I can't, I can't remember it. But yeah, English. There you go.
1: <laughs> it, 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 is, it is a very strange thing so sometimes when um a word is spelt exactly the same and then has a different meaning
0: Oh, like th- bear and bear yeah bear
1: but, but bear and bear they' they sound they're, they're spelled differently and they've they 've the got different same. meanings but then there's some words i'm trying to think of i 'm trying to think of a word that uh, uh where it's got spelled differently but it's got no spelled the same but it's got a different meaning the way you say it um uh. I'll, I'll 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 ponder on that uh, some more because I know when I see those words I get frustrated by them and have to look up how to spell them. Going, yeah, I, that can't be right. I'm sure I'm not uh, not spelling that word correctly. <laughs> um, it's been a weird week, has it? Like, well, yeah. I mean, oh, it has been a weird week. I do.
0: Yeah, I, I get I get where you're
1: going with that. It's uh, well for me in particular. I um, I, I got uh, you know how I got a flu jab like yeah. a couple of months ago. I think it was in. July, yeah, it was, it was around July I got my flu jab. And then a week after getting my flu jab, I got really sick with a cold. Mm. And it, like, you know, just screwed me up for a long time. I had that, that lingering cough and everything like that. Um, Last Thursday before the show, you know how I told you I got my fourth COVID injection? Yes. So I got my fourth COVID injection and then uh, I started... I was just feeling like, you know, after I got the COVID injection, on the Friday I was feeling a bit like lethargic and stuff like that, but that's not abnormal. That's kind of like a normal reaction to the the, the vaccination. Um, come uh, Saturday I was still feeling a bit lethargic. Sunday I was like, oh, maybe I should just go to the gym and like, you know, work out. And then I'll, I'll Sweat feel... Sweat it feel out. Feel yeah. Sweat it out. Just go do that. So I went to the gym and... Um, worked out and then i came home and uh cat was doing some work outside and i I sat on the couch was watching some wrestling or something like that um but yeah i just went downhill really quickly and i got uh you yeah, know another cold um but the, the the cold started like 12 o'clock on saturday and then the worst of it was over by the end of monday afternoon um I was still got a little lingering kind of, you know, sound a bit stuffed up and stuff like that. I went mean, on cold flu medication, but it was just so strange to just go, you know, have that kind of reaction to, my, to the vaccine. But on the plus side, I've now got four four COVID vaccines and haven't had COVID yet. So, you know, that's a good thing. That's a
0: positive, very positive sign, yeah. isn't it? That you, Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good news. Uh, Rachel's not here because she was confused by what day it was, the day it is I should say because of course it is Thursday but it is a public holiday uh, which was kind of sprung on us Mm. and it it came out of nowhere and I personally didn't really agree with it but I think all those people out there having uh, a day off will probably uh, say otherwise. (laughs) It just feels a little bit pointless having a day off, then going back to work and then uh, having more days off It
1: it does, it does. Uh, Unless you're like uh, my my workplace where uh, my boss was kind of like, no one is going to call us today we were going to do a stock take instead um, and when he says stock take it means we take the day off and take stock of our lives <laughs> and that's
0: that's great I wish yeah that's a great stock take
1: yeah, yeah. so you're
0: getting an extra 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 long
1: weekend then. yes, yes. whoo so so yeah which is weird like uh, wake up this morning um, like it's a Saturday it was bizarre because mm. um, yeah, I woke up uh, and you know fed the animals and then usually I'd be getting ready to go to work but the Morning. Went nah, went and grabbed some comics, started reading some comics. Um it was uh, some Star Wars stuff, very good. Um and uh, and then uh, afterwards uh, jumped to the bed and uh, watched some uh, watched some telly with Kat and uh yeah, no, it was a, a nice uh, nice day. They we went to um uh, Raffles for lunch. Oh nice. You know, I felt like a retired person. Yes. <laughs>
0: Something to look forward to, right? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, I love that. That's that's fantastic. Raffles is a great place to venture to. Yeah,
1: other uh, other bars are uh, you know, pubs are available. But uh, absolutely,
0: uh, we're yeah, not if, um, forcing no, you to go no, <laughs> into
1: no. Raffles. Even place. that area, Clancy's, just across the road. You know, you can <laughs> go there as well. So. You
0: absolutely can. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of films to talk about tonight. I've got a documentary called Clean, which I'm going to talk about. It's uh, a documentary which tells the story of uh, Sandra Pankhurst. I don't know if you know of this lady. She's a businesswoman behind a successful trauma cleaning business in Victoria. Uh, Unfortunately, she did pass in 2021. But this documentary really goes into not just her business, but her life and her hardships as well as some of her employees as well. So we'll take a look at that a little bit later in the show and I might even pull up if I can find a little interview. Oh, yeah. Uh, Snippet. Uh, we did see a film last night called Don't Worry Darling, but it's not actually out for two weeks. So I know. It- I-, I wonder if we should just have a brief chat about it and then maybe delve more into it when it's
1: Release. We can we can like have a, a, a chat about it because it's it's one of these weird films where there's been a lot of uh, controversy surrounding mm. the film um, and, and based on things like kind of outside the, the the movie itself because there was I don't know if that was rumor or truth that uh, Olivia Wilde had a, um, a liaison with uh, Harry Styles one of the well I think of the they're film. a
0: couple Are at the now? moment I think it's confirmed they're actually a couple oh okay
1: fair so enough. but there's been other controversy yeah, around yeah.
0: it you know shall I, shall I Shalaya LaBeouf Shia LaBeouf was uh, I I think slated to play the role that Harry Styles played and then was apparently fired there's some pay discrepancies between the actors uh, but in
1: this in that film like you know the the majority of the film is carried by Florence Pugh Mm. so surely she's going to be getting the, the biggest paycheck because she did most of the work
0: well that's what you would think but here's what is being reported and this is not uh confirmed but this is what's being reported uh, is that Florence was paid seven hundred thousand dollars for the film while Styles made two point five million that's a huge discrepancy now there's no sources or that that's not actually been uh, confirmed or denied so I'm not going to say that that's uh that's it but Olivia Wilde, who of course directed the film, uh, says there's absolutely no, um, those claims are not true. Mm. So, but yet I don't think it has been confirmed what the actors have been paid. But I don't think it necessarily needs to be out there for the public anyway what they're paid, as long as they're paid fairly.
1: It's kind of weird though, isn't it? That, like, I mean, you know. In a movie, right? What in a movie they um, have actors. actors, either mm. go and audition for the film, and then they'll you know be given a you know, offer to to do the film, which would include their their pay, um, and they either accept it or reject it. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, in, in other cases where they want a specific actor to play the role, they'll go after that actor and they'll offer their agent a specific amount of money to see if they'll do that that role. So, it's kind of um, Interesting because it looks like if if you're going to have um, you know pay disputes like this within movies, uh, does that mean that every actor like they have to come together and across the board agree how much people are going to get paid? Because it seems like that's not how Hollywood works. It uh, seems like it's more of a you know uh, one-on-one contractual basis. Mm. You know you, you negotiate your, your your salary. So yeah, it's kind of I mean. It is terrible that the uh, that female actresses get paid less and they should be pushing to get paid paid more. Mm. Um, but I just don't know how you go about it as an industry.
0: It's interesting because, yeah, so apparently that was all clickbait according to yeah. Olivia Wilde. But, yeah, I, I imagine that it is a one-on-one contract between, you know, actor and studio. Mm. But whether or not the actors are then, you know... Uh, are they able to discuss their pays with co-stars, you know, when they're sitting around in the dressing room? Is that a conversation? You know, oh, hey, I'm getting paid this much. I don't think it would be, and I also wonder if contractually you're actually not allowed to discuss pays, well, but I don't know.
1: Because yeah, I, mm. I think, like, with, with normal people's, um, like, employment contracts, you know, that you can't stop people from talking about the amount of money they're earning. Absolutely. So I, I'd assume it would be the same in these cases, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, it's it's just odd. And I think in those cases where they go after specific actors um, and say, okay, we want to have George Clooney and Julia Roberts in this film, just using um, you know, <laughs> Ticket to Paradise as an example, you know, I wonder if they got paid the same amount of money to appear in that film because there's the same amount of work involved for both of them. Absolutely. Um, so you would think that they would both and get paid the same amount of money. And I, is it... Do they get paid more if they've got certain attributes? Like, I don't know, if they've got more you know, followers on Instagram and Twitter, does that uh, yeah. bump up your pay a little bit?
0: Or how many movies you've been in, how much experience you've got, or, you know, can I do four accents mm, versus mm. six I don't know. Special skill sets <laughs> and such as martial arts or something. I don't know. It's, I, it's interesting. I've
1: always questioned as well, like when actors um, play multiple roles in a film, like, do you get paid double? Uh, do, you, do you double it up if you're playing <laughs> playing two roles? Like, is that? Did the, James
0: <laughs> McAvoy get paid for twelve people when he plays like all those characters in Split?
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, mm. it's one way of like bumping up your, your yearly salary. It's just like <laughs> no, I only do do movies where I play twins. Uh, that that's all I do. <laughs>
0: just twins or multiple people so i get paid more but no no you're right there's been a lot of talk about this movie and people are really picking it apart but not so much for the movie but but everything around mm. the movie so
1: but yeah. on the plus side though it is going to probably push people to go oh this movie's got a lot of controversy i want to go and see what this is all the controversy is about
0: exactly and they
1: should because it's a good movie like,
0: yeah, it is. But, yeah, no, apparently Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are dating uh, First Met on the set of uh, the film. Uh, don't worry. Darling back in September 2020 is when they started cool. filming it. So it's been a couple of years, uh, which is interesting. Because what- she was
1: married to... Um uh, Jason Zadakis, S- 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 yeah,
0: S- yeah, and there's also that controversy where the the I think custody papers were delivered to Olivia Wilde mm. while she was on stage for press for this film. So there's that topic as well. Mm. So really interesting.
1: It's a it's a it's a bizarre. World in America, it really is just the uh, the whole. That's uh, we we talked about serving a paper thing before, but oh, we still, did. That's
0: right. It's still
1: weird, <laughs> very weird stuff. So it is um, indeed. Speaking about serving a papers, uh, because it is a, a public holiday, uh, I got to do something today that I haven't got to do before, which is She-Hulk dropped on Disney Plus earlier today, and so I got to watch the episode before coming in to do the show. Oh,
0: so that was kind of cool.
1: It was Very a, it was cool. cool and also a new episode of Welcome to Wrexham uh, dropped as well. I've, I've talked about that before. That's the uh, TV show on Disney Plus where Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney buy a Welsh football club.
0: Yes, I, it piqued my interest when you spoke about this, and I, I do want to visit that. Mm.
1: Sorry, no, it's really good. It's just uh, so entertaining. Uh, it's kind of heartfelt because when I originally saw that, you know, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney had bought a football club, I thought they'd bought a successful football club. Yeah, but they've actually bought a football club on the bones of its ass. <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of interesting. It's got all that whole, you know, uh, bad news bears kind of, you know, the, the, the struggle of the underdog kind of thing going for it. Yes. Um, so I, I don't know if they're going to be successful in this first uh, season of the documentary, but but hopefully there's subsequent ones and they, uh, they improve.
0: Are they quite long episodes? Are they no. are they 20 minutes or 40 minutes?
1: Um, well, I think today's almost 47 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think they vary. That's the thing with streaming is they're not constrained by yeah, time. That's true. Um, and so... Um, what was it? We were watching something uh, the other day. Oh, yeah. Um, there's another show on um, Disney+. Plus. We've really did a d- 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 deep dive in Disney+. Plus. Before I get into it, though, it's quarter past now. Maybe we should play an ad. I agree. And then I'll come back to that. Let's do it. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show.
0: You are indeed listening to Unscripted, the film show. We deliver you all the latest and greatest about films and TV shows and such, and film reviews, obviously. We do. Uh, we that is we what do. we do. Public service right here for you guys <laughs> so you can... Uh I mean, choosing something to watch nowadays is incredibly difficult with all the content out
1: there. there there's so much content. Okay. Um, uh, I was I was speaking uh, yesterday um, with some you know some other people who review movies uh, we, we uh, bump into uh, every every now and again, uh, and uh, they were talking we'll talk to them about um, Batman sixty six the uh, the uh, the, um, uh, the Adam West Batman, uh, and I said I bought that on uh, on DVD, but I still haven't got around to it. It because there's just so much new content that's coming out it's very hard to go back and watch the the old stuff but uh, yeah, eventually i will but i was mentioning before when i talk about welcome to wrexham and the time that the episodes are um i was watching the bear which is also on disney plus and the bear is a tv series um and it's uh, stars uh, jeremy allen white um he was from shameless um He played Lip in Shameless. Do you ever watch Shameless?
0: No, the American or British? The American. I see the American version pop up on streaming all the time, and I, I do want to watch it, but I would rather watch the British version first yeah. and then do the American. Have you seen both? Or? We
1: we kind of tried to watch the British one, but it just didn't have that same. Sure. Like I know it's weird that the American one is the the copy of the English version, but it just it just seems to work better. Okay. It, it, I mean it's a very different kind of like poor environment that you're dealing with in America to in the UK. So, um, it just uh, yeah I don't know why it just seemed to, to work well in uh in that context um but uh jeremy um alan white is uh plays the, the main character in uh, this show who is a <coughs> sorry my apologies um is a michelin star chef like he's worked at the best restaurants in the world um his restaurant that he worked in, in america was the best restaurant in America. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother uh, owned, a like, a, a sandwich shop um, in, uh, you know, just, I think, I'm trying to remember what city it's in, whether it is in New York or it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's in, no, that's where he was born. He was born in New York, so um, I think it's New York, uh, don't quote me on that, uh, but he, um, he, his brother has a sandwich shop, but his brother kills himself Ooh. and leaves the sandwich shop to um, his, his brother uh, and to, to run. And he's kind of you know, um, uh, you know wants to make it work, uh, and so he's dealing with these people who aren't used to working a you know. Uh, cuisine kitchen kind of environment uh and he's trying to get them to you know become more professional he's trying to get the business to make money um and he's just dealing with setback after setback after setback but it's an absolutely fantastic show and the weird thing is he was in shameless for many many years i think there was like eight nine twenty seasons of Shameless, so lots of them um but now just through this show apparently he's become a little bit of a sex symbol Oh. And uh, and the, and the women are finding it a bit sexy. Ooh. I think it could be the cooking. Do you think women find th- that women find men who can cook sexy?
0: Well, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I think if I was to arrive home mm. and there was a man cooking a meal for me in the kitchen, I think I would find that very sexy. Definitely. Right. I think there is something about men being able to to cook that is very appealing for sure. Because, I mean. I mean, there's a lot of people that like to cook. I personally am not a big cook, Mm, so mm. if anyone was to cook for me, I'd I'd be be okay with that. (laughs) But, yeah, I guess guess there's something sexy about it.
1: Mm. I I
0: think that's something that could, uh, yeah, be very appealing.
1: I think that's what's pushed you across the line. But the weird thing is I saw there was this one point. um, So the reason I was mentioned there was that uh, the episode lengths are just really variable, Mm. episode to episode. One of the episodes was 20 minutes long. The next episode was forty-seven minutes long. That's it's like, weird, isn't it, it? Because they're not constrained by time, mm-hmm. so it just it gives the writers this flexibility to you, you write the story um, to be as long as it needs to be, and it's kind of great though because you're not having uh, episodes where there's a lot of you know fluff put in there to pad it out. It's it's just like you know okay, this is a story I want to tell, and you tell it the most succinct way you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good. It's, it's um, kind of like if you did like Shameless, it's kind of similar to that, but not it's Shameless, you just felt bad all the time. Whereas this, there's a bit of uplift to this, this uh, uh, the bear. So um, yeah, I'd recommend the bear. I'd definitely recommend Walker Wrexham. It's just mm-hmm. the, you know, it, it must be, uh, you know, if you're a celebrity, you give up so much. You give up your anonymity, your uh, ability to you know, go out just to go shopping, uh, you know, go down the park because you know, it would be annoying for people to constantly be coming up to you and going, can I have your autograph, can I have a picture yeah. with you, that, that, that sort of thing. Um, on the, the plus side, if you're the right kind of celebrity, you're going to get a lot of money uh, and you're going to be able to do things like buy football teams. Um, so it is really interesting to see an American and a Canadian buying an English uh, Welsh football team. Um, so I'd, if you have got any interest in sport, I'd watch it. If you've got interest in, uh, it's always Sunny in Philadelphia or Deadpool or any other movie Ryan Reynolds has done, definitely you know watch uh, Walker of the Wrexham because it is just so heartfelt. It's really weird though because you see um, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds um, interacting with the the, the, the normal people. Mm. Like the people like they're doing the business with and it's kind of like how you and I interact with each other. Yeah. Um, but then you see uh, the, the public um, when they're out and the public see them and it's all like, oh, my God, selfie, selfie, selfie. Yeah. And it's like, holy crap, I just yeah that is just not the you know you, you when you're a kid i think you, you kind of go oh i'd love to be rich and famous but i think the reality of it would not be that great um and it's uh i, I, I kind of ponder on that because obviously the reason we've got no public holiday today is because the, the um the queen died mm. um and i say the, the queen because uh, elizabeth was the queen of australia as well as the queen of england um uh, right or wrong, that's what it is at the, at the moment. Um, I'm, and I think that, like, the, probably the reason we stayed a monarchy for so long in Australia, also a, a constitutional monarchy, I think, uh, with, like, you know, uh, we're not a full monarchy. We've got, we've run ourselves, yeah. just signs off on everything. Um, the uh, I think the reason we stayed a monarchy for so long was because Queen Elizabeth was there. It was like your nana. Like, yeah. I think I, everyone <laughs> saw Queen Elizabeth and went, ah, oh, she's like my nana. I don't yeah. mind her. She's all right. Um, but uh, but now I think that we've um, had a change in the guard. And, 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 like, it's, you know, sad that, you know, she died. Uh, but you got to remember she died at 96. She did. That's, and
0: look at all her achievements. Yeah, it's and, a pretty
1: pretty darn true. good life, yeah. 96. Um, although, that being said, she is... Yeah, that whole not having any anonymity, not being able to go out down to the shops, go to a pub uh, you know, go to a restaurant you know, live her life decide who she wants to marry that, she had no choice over that her whole life, mm. so you know I feel bad at the fact that you know, even though she had a lavish lifestyle, she never had a real life, mm. and that's my kind of thing. Like, I think we shouldn't be uh, a monarchy. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be ruled by a monarch anymore. <clears throat> we should become a republic, and I think uh, honestly, the UK should probably do the same thing mm. uh, because I think it's an outdated institution. It is and, very
0: outdated. Yeah,
1: and the monarchy would be better off if they weren't. Monarchs anymore, and they could just be normal people who get to live their lives with a lot of money because they're still going to have a, a lot, lot of, of money. money. So don't don't worry about the monarchy not having money. You know there will be some nice buildings that the English get to take back, like Buckingham Palace. Mm. That could be you know turned into a nice B and B. You know, <laughs> a nice B and I'm just gonna go to
0: Buckingham Palace for. a
1: breakfast yeah so yeah i mean it's uh the, the, the royal family will be good they, they've been sashing money away for a while they'll be fine but um but yeah i just think that uh this the time of you know inherited leadership and all that kind of thing uh let's let's leave that to the dictators now kids and uh and and move on to um you know representatives that are, are voted by the uh, by the public um although in australia though, interestingly enough i think the system we've got is quite good mm. The uh, like because we've got the uh, the two houses of parliament. Uh, so any legislation goes through the the, the um, House of Reps and then the Senate, uh, and then if if they both vote on it, then it goes to the Governor General to get signed off on. So he's the Queen's representative. That's so, yeah. and he's nominated by the Prime Minister or by the the you know, the, the, the party that leads the the country now. I think if we become a republic, that's all they should do, is that he, the the Governor-General, the governor he's just uh, nominated by the, the Prime Minister and he becomes a president, but he's got no power. So we don't have a, a situation of, like, you know, a Trumpy kind of person getting voted in by uh, popular vote. We just have the Prime Minister who we voted in, he, he nominates who the Prime Minister is, and all the Prime Minister is is a guy that signs... Stuff off. Um, just sits
0: there and signs
1: the paperwork. You just sign the paperwork, and uh, and uh, yes, and sign
0: this. Don't read it. Just yeah. sign it. You don't need to that's read all
1: it. That's you, all. you're there for. Head of state. That's all you're doing. But yeah, so no. It just uh, it's interesting times. But um, yeah, I just I'm not sure if King Chuck is the way we want to go. Hey,
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, I think a few people will agree with that anyway. So <laughs> sorry,
1: that became a party political bo- broadcast. I don't even have a political party.
0: Nah, that's okay. We, we, we cover all things here <laughs> on Radio Fremantle, our unscripted the film show. Politics, uh, medical advice, all sorts of things. Uh, English language, we yeah, covered obviously. at the, the, the top of the show. We actually had a message through from Alan. Thank you for sending that through. He said, like lead to lead. Le- lead, Led lead to lead, lead, sorry. Lead yes. Uh, a perfect example. So, like lead to lead, and then like lead, as in lead, the metal. Uh, perfect example of how strange the English language is. Uh, we're going to take a, another small break and we'll be back just after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Welcome back to Unscripted, the film show. I'm going to talk a little bit about a documentary called Clean, uh, but I want to play the trailer first to give you a bit of a taste off uh this and and sandra pankhurst uh who is the businesswoman behind a very successful uh trauma cleaning business it feels weird saying a very successful trauma cleaning business (laughs) uh that probably a poor choice of words there but take a listen
2: trauma cleaning is cleaning up after death suicide we do hoarding and squalor jobs that no one really wants to do life can be very fragile they can just... This is all animal faecal matter. Everything in here is totally contaminated, so we're disposing of the whole lot. Take your time. There's needles everywhere. Before trauma cleaning, the family were always the ones that had to do the cleaner. Because of the big experiences I've had, I don't want anyone else to ever suffer. You know that, though, don't you? You know suffering. I do know that. I do know suffering. When I was seven years of age, I was told that I was adopted. We made a big mistake. You are not wanted as our child any longer. Most of my staff have had a bit of a struggle street in life. They're trying to get their way back. This type of work will affect you mentally. It will get in there and it will feed on you. You know, anything when there's, like, kids around or whatever, it's starting to get to me. (coughs) I've always had challenges in my life and there will always be challenges in my life. But I'll fight every one of them head first. I've never really thought about looking up my real mother. We don't know what she's going to be like or even whether she's alive.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
2: Sandra everyone. The reason I talk about my life is to promote care, compassion and dignity for somebody who grew up without love i think there's a lot of love for you in the room it's not only about the cleaning it's about what we're doing it for we're compassionate because we've had shared experiences there'll always be trauma in life you just don't know what's going to happen
0: That was the voice of Sandra Pankhurst, uh, a woman, a businesswoman who unfortunately died in 2021 uh, from an illness related to her lungs from not wearing the correct uh, protective personal gear as well, which is quite sad. Uh, So she was really big on making sure that her employees uh, did wear the correct PPE and it's something that we should all do. Uh, particularly when working around chemicals uh, and poisons uh, because you're inhaling so much of that and your lungs are so fragile. So please, people, do wear the correct PPE. <laughs> That's my public service announcement
1: the, for the, today. The worst thing is that we, we all do stupid things. Like even today, like I was cleaning the toilets mm. um, and uh, you've know, you got the toilet brush and you've got the, the bleach in the, the bowl and you're giving it a, a good scrub um, and uh, you think to yourself, I really should be wearing glasses doing Doing this. Yeah, because like if you get any splashback, you know it could take out an eye.
0: It, it really could. But this is a documentary. It's certainly not for the faint of heart. Uh, it. There was also a biography I should preface with written about uh, Sandra Pankhurst titled The Trauma Cleaner, One Woman's Extraordinary Life in Death, Decay and Disaster. What a morbid title that one is. But I think this is one that really prompted this documentary to to be made. But it details not only Sandra Pankhurst's life, but the role of a trauma cleaner as someone who cleans up after, you know, homicides, suicide, horticides, meth labs and even for people who don't have the capacity to maintain or clean their homes such as those with injury or mental illness and some of these houses that you see in this documentary are quite shocking to think that people live in these conditions and it's hard at first not to be a little bit judgmental of these people but as the the film progresses you kind of learn that people find themselves in situations where they're just not able to and you know hoarding for example is is a mental illness so you do start to empathize with a lot of the people that you you see on the screen but the documentary really delves into Pankhurst and and the fact that she came from a very troubled background she was adopted and then she transitioned from being a man to a woman Uh, she's someone who really led many lives um before even beginning her her 30 year old 30 year old 30 year long journey i should say but she was even a prostitute for for some time as well so she has a really interesting background but we follow her on her documentaries she searched for her searches for her real parents uh as well but we also get some interviews with some of her employees and, and how they handle being in the business of trauma cleaning as well and it's a hard watch, there's some really depressing and bleak scenes uh, but it doesn't stray away from those real life moments and although it does, yeah, largely revolve around Pankhurst and her business, uh, it's really interesting to see uh, the interviews with her employees and, and some of her clients as well but it's it shocking cl- really plainly there's no fancy things happening Mm, in this mm. documentary there's no fanfare it's just the story and the people telling it but that's what's so interesting and insightful it's such an interesting look into trauma cleaning as something that you know happens and before trauma cleaning the families would have to go in and Mm. do these things so if your family member died at home and it was in a really awful way, for example, where, you know, maybe there was lots of blood, you as a family would have to go in and clean that. Um, Mm. I'm not sure when the legislation and things changed and when trauma cleaning really came in. But yeah, imagine having to do that as a a family member of someone that you've lost. It would be quite incredibly hard. So yeah, a really interesting look at trauma cleaning, a really hard watch. uh, But I think Sandra Pankhurst was just this larger-than-life, you know, person who just yeah really had such a interesting life, and uh, her business is still booming today um, as it would be. But yeah, I think it, See, it's
1: she's in America. Yeah, I'm taking it.
0: This is an Australian.
1: Oh, this is in Australia. In Australia, oh, Victoria. Really? So, oh, Victoria. Oh, yeah, that, that makes so sense.
0: In Victoria, but she, she's, you know, dead now. But, um, yeah, there's there's some amazing interviews that you can look up online where she speaks because she was a motivational public speaker right. for a long time as well. So there's heaps of kind of content out there on her if you're interested in, you know, looking at mm. this documentary, maybe her book, well, the book written about her and then some of those interviews. But, yeah, just a really interesting uh, watch about somebody or, or a, a business that you just wouldn't normally get much recognition, but uh, I do really admire those people out there doing. Those oh my things.
1: god, you, you have to have such a tough constitution oh, though to be able goodness. to go on these places. I was reading like sometimes you get sent these things on uh, email, like Cora, and it's got like you know questions like what's the worst you know tenant you ever had in your um, rental property or something like that, and one person wrote that they had these. Uh, two women who each had three kids (coughs) living in their sorry about that, living in their rental property and apparently in this area you had to pay $2 for each big bag of trash you had to dispose of. Right. So instead of disposing of the trash bags, these uh, women just uh, chucked them into the garage. And <gasps> so when they end up moving out, uh, the garage was just full floor to ceiling of trash bags uh, full of like three kids' um, diapers and stuff like that. It's like some really just... The mental image is horrific. And they said the only saving grace was it was winter, so it was all frozen.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's insane. I got on a couple of months ago. I was just bored at home and I wanted something to watch. And sometimes it's going to sound really bizarre, but I really enjoy reality TV because Mm -hmm. I kind of look at it and go, okay, yeah, maybe things are not so great in my life, but then... These people have it far worse than I. So it's it's more like a gratitude thing. And <laughs> I know it sounds bizarre, but it's quite cathartic for me to, to do this. And I ended up uh, stumbling across Hoarders. Right. Have you ever seen
1: Hoarders? I don't know. I haven't watched it myself. No, I don't, I'm don't. aware of it. But no, I haven't seen it it's- myself
0: an incredible tv show about the lives of people who hoard and what is so and i have to admit i went in and i was so judgmental about it i was like how can you live like that it's just horrible but then you start to learn why people are like this and the the mentality behind it and some of these people were completely fine and then something happened a traumatic event happened Mm. and then it just switched the way they thought and their mentality and even in this documentary clean there's a woman who kind of had it all but she had two children with disabilities and ended up just hoarding as a way to cope with that,
1: oh, so it,
0: it's such an interesting look into the and it's quite emotional at times because what they do is these people come in and they take everything out of your house, basically everything, and they ask the the hoarder in question. So their family's there as well as support, but they ask the hoarder in question, like, what do you want to keep and what don't you want to keep? And imagine asking a hoarder what they want to keep and what they don't mm. want to keep. It's it's a really tricky thing to do so there was this one lady who had just mountains and mountains of um just utter like just crap basically (laughs) on her front yard and as they were clearing it out she kept going around and collecting things again and taking them back inside and it's just stuff that she didn't need Mm, just mm. you know teapots like hundreds of different teapots and and hundreds of different magazines that she's never read so there's such an interesting psychology behind it and I'm in no way judging that at all to me it's very interesting and I I, these people definitely need that help in Mm. life Um, but it's amazing that there's people out there that actually go and help you with hoarding Um, yeah I, I guess it's the same as those who are the the opposite you know obsessive compulsive in a way and have to be really clean so there's that kind of psychology behind that but i just love a real good documentary a a real life documentary Mm, and mm. i think that's what that was so uh there you go but we do have another sponsor so let's play that and we'll come back cool
2: did you know that Fremantle has its very own art house cinema You'll find Luna on Essex, midway along Essex Street in the heart of Fremantle, screening an incredible variety of niche, foreign language and quality mainstream films in comfortable and intimate surrounds. It feels more like your own home movie theatre rather than a cinema. Catch up with friends for a pre-show drink in the fully licensed alfresco area or enjoy a glass of wine and a cheese platter during the movie. Check out What's On, along with details of forthcoming films, festivals and added value events at lunapalace.com.au. Yes, Luna.
0: Luna on Essex. You can see so much there at the Luna cinemas. They always have these wonderful screenings. I think there's going to be an interactive screening of uh, The Room soon. uh, Another one. They do them often. Aren't all screens of The
1: Room really interactive?
0: (laughs) Thank you. Yes, you're absolutely... Correct when you say that, absolutely. I wonder what happened to Tommy Wiseau. Is he, he's still out there just living oh, yeah. life.
1: He's still, he's still living off the uh, the royalties. The
0: royalty. I just <laughs> wonder, like, what does he get up and do every day? What's his, like, routine, do you think? Like, do you think he gets up and makes a breakfast and then he goes to the gym? Like, I just want to know what he does. I have
1: no idea.
0: Is he in a dungeon somewhere, living like a vampire? I don't know.
1: There, there were those uh, those, those rumours that he was a vampire. So, um, very well. Could be. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think he's. Uh, well, I'm just gonna have a look at his IMD page. Please IMD do. Bings. While
0: you do that, I'm gonna bring up uh, actually a TV show that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that really piqued my interest uh, called The Resort uh, TV show. I think it's streaming on it's Binge or Stan or. Or Stan, I think. Stan, yeah. thank you. And the premise is around a couple who are really struggling with their marriage and they're on holiday and uh, the uh, it stars Kristen Melody and William Jackson Harper and the female, who, I forget her name, I do apologise, I, I will find it, uh, she has a little bit of an accident and stumbles and falls down a, a cliff while she's, uh, is it... Trail.
1: They're, they're um the quad. Bike um quad them. quad
0: yeah. biking, and she happens across a, an old Motorola phone, one of those flip phones mm. from the early two thousands, and then suddenly there's this mystery that kind of ensues around this phone, and she's really you know keen on understanding, you know what it's all about, who 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 owned it. Did you get through all the episodes of The Resort?
1: I think we might have more to watch actually because it, it was dropping week to week mm. and I don't think Kat and I got to the end of it because, um, yeah, I think I think they might have dropped more. I'll have to check that.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just interested because I've, I've watched all episodes. Uh, there's eight of them and I really wanted to have a bit of a discussion about the because to me the setup and the premise of this is really good you know finding this mysterious phone and you know wondering who owned it and and what does it all mean and then it kind of some stuff happens and i'm not sure if i'm a fan of how it ends so maybe we'll revisit the resort uh if you do get around to finishing it otherwise i don't want to spoil it for you in case you do go back and revisit those episodes but that's what i've been watching really um Nothing too exciting on my my streaming services, but... uh I might go and watch some of
1: the things that you recommended well, earlier. Well, yeah, I, I, I said she Hawk is, is awesome. Like She-Hulk's just good fun. It's a, a superhero story, but it's a uh, courtroom, mm. you know, lawyer drama. as uh, a sorry, lawyer comedy. Um, and uh, Tanjana Mas- um, who plays uh, Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk, is just flipping amazing. Mm. Um, you know, if you saw her in Orphan Black, you'd know how good she is. Um, and uh, it's also got uh, Jamila Jamel, uh, who was in um, The Good Place. Yes. And it's weird, though, because in The Good Place, um, she was playing a British person, and she's a British person. I was going
0: to say, she's British, though, isn't yeah, she? She's, yeah, she's
1: British, but she was playing, like the, the, the accent she used was a very upper-class hoity-toity, mm-hmm. uh, whereas her real accent is more down to London, Londoner, I think. Um, but in this, she's playing an American. And oh. so it's always weird when you, you, so, like, you, you're seeing, a, a, and British people, they can do accents like, nobody's business so it's, it's it was amazing to see um yeah today's episode uh is about uh, jen uh, going to a a wedding of somebody that she used to go to school with
0: um
1: oh, and they're always friend caught, of me or uh, no not really there was like you know someone who went to school genuine with, friend was, yeah genuine <laughs> jen has got a genuine friend um it, it's, yeah she went to school with her and then like you know just hadn't seen each other for years Th- that's one of the weird things like um, she has asked to be a bridesmaid um, after not being friends with this person for years. That's, That's weird. That's
0: a bit awkward, yeah. yeah. That is a bit strange, but, um, hey, you never know. I mean, I, I brought up the whole frenemy thing because I feel like a lot of people nowadays have lots of uh, enemies uh, rather than friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? I should be nice. But, a, um,
1: it's a different world we live in. It's just, it um, is a different world. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, th- when... Uh, Back in the day when I went to school, you would finish school and you would leave, and then you'd never have to see or hear from these people ever again.
0: (laughs) You're like, yes. And
1: then some douchebag invented Facebook, (laughs) and all these people you used to go to school with want to be friends with you on Facebook, Um, which admittedly hasn't been too bad because there are some very nice people I went to school with. um, Just reconnect. It's been nice to uh, you know. see what they're getting up to these days and, and stuff like that so because at the end of the day if somebody wants to connect with you you're not interested you're just you just like can just
0: ignore them can't you, you? Just, just
1: swipe whatever way you swipe or press yes or no i don't know how these things work um you can you can just do that instead so uh but yeah no it is, it is strange. it's strange it's a weird it's a weird world. I mean, yeah, when can't um, we just go
0: back to the old Motorola flip phone <laughs> we used to have? I mean, come on, people.
1: I know, you, I miss those. Or the Nokia's where you could play like Snake on. I it love
0: Snake. Yeah, so good. Uh, speaking of British accent, uh, Harry Styles did his British accent because he is British. Yeah. Did, did his British accent? He just did his normal voice. Yeah.
1: in. <laughs> he don't... just he just spoke. <laughs> Harry Styles just came <laughs> he and just said, "Just spoke."
0: I don't know why I said it. it was an accent. All
1: the Americans go, "That's so amazing how well you do your, <laughs> <laughs> your British accent."
0: Um, I wonder if that was uh, the director's choice to have him do a british accent or it's because he couldn't do an american accent i was wondering that the entire film i was like I wonder why he's speaking because this is set in a very 50s or 60s kind of setting in in real america like the the golden era well no it's not the golden era it's, it's very suburban America, yeah. you know, like the Cadillacs are there, there's palm trees, the houses are all – it's very American and yet I kind of got pulled away a little bit because he then starts speaking British and I'm like, mm. what's his story? I was like, can he do an American accent <laughs> or was it the director's choice to have him be British? I don't really know. Well, well
1: there were uh, there were British people um, in America <laughs> at the time. That's true. Um, I shouldn't
0: be so um, –
1: <laughs> um but yeah, it was interesting though the it was it was that kind of uh, uh snapshot of you know the, the when the the Americans go you know are oh, the good old days or like in trump 's case say like when America was great again, mm. referring back to days where the w- women would stay home and uh, and the men would go to work and uh, most people were white um you know but in this case like uh the there was a bit more um uh representation in the in in the cast um, um, so, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's an interesting uh, movie. Uh, we we discussed um doing a, a tangent city um spoiler cast on it, but I think it's only fair we do that after the film has officially been released.
0: That is very um, very true
1: because there's a lot of things to to to, to cut up and deconstruct in uh, uh, in uh, Don't Worry Darling. It's a, a very um, a very interesting film, and if they're doing like uh, it's coming out officially on the sixth of October, did you say? I think um,
0: it is. Yes, yeah, 6th yeah. of October is its release date, so we're two weeks away yes. for that one. But yeah. I think it would be an interesting one to do a spoiler cast on, although, yeah, you wouldn't want to listen to the spoiler prior to... No. The The only way I could describe the film is it's kind of like Black Swan meets Stepford Wives, kind of. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how I kind of describe it. But I think
1: most people who've... Um See the trailer, they they say Stepford Wives. Stepford kind of Wives, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very
0: ambiguous, mm. um, quite... But it's got the, ca- the 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 tone and style of Black Swan mm. in it as well. Those real close-up shots, mm. the, the tension, like the tense music. Anyway, um, that's for the spoiler cast. We'll talk about that. But Florence, um,
1: but Florence Pugh is such a good actor. actor I,
0: right. I really enjoy Florence Pugh. I think... Yeah, she's she's a remarkable actress. I mean, I've seen her in Midsummer and Fighting with My Family. In Midsummer,
1: was she also? No, 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 I was going to say, no, no, save for the podcast. Sorry, save for the podcast.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I'm wondering where you're going
2: with
0: that. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I think Midsummer and Fighting with My Family was a very two very different. Films. Oh yeah, yeah, like completely on the opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, and fighting.
1: Take, can I, I was going to
0: say Fighting With My Family is, you know, a, a comedy based on a true story mm. about a real sassy uh, young wrestler and then you've got "Midsummer," which is about a, a girl who experiences something incredibly traumatic and then flees to to Midsummer in Sweden to escape it but then finds herself in even more of a horrific situation <laughs> and it's just... Um, I cannot... I, I don't think I could ever watch Midsummer again because... It was so traumatic for mm, me mm. as an experience and I just don't think I could watch it. But Fighting With My Family is a film that I've actually seen twice yeah. because I enjoy it so much. She's, of course, been in other things but... Well, she was are, Yelena, she,
1: she was uh, the um, Black oh, Widow sister in uh, Black yes, Widow. Yes,
0: thank you. She yeah. certainly was. And she's going to be
1: in Thunderbolts as well, which is mm. coming out in a, a few years' time. Um, but interesting, you mentioned about Paige uh, in Fighting With My Family because Paige, um, she was with the WWE. Yes. And... She got injured, and so her wrestling career ended in the WWE. But because um, the WWE, they'll have to medically clear you to wrestle. Yes. And I think they're um, uh, like they're standards uh, are very, very high. And so people who are physically capable of wrestling, um, they are just going, "Nah, you can't wrestle. Um, So she's left the WWE and actually today, literally today, debuted on All Elite Wrestling uh, using her real name, Soraya. And, uh, yeah, she's now going to be wrestling again. So this is like if...
0: So they must... Their medical team must be a little bit different because they're... let her in based on... Although maybe her medical conditions are... Maybe WWE is really strict.
1: Yeah. Well, it's maybe just be that, you know, WWE said like, no, you're done. You can't wrestle anymore. Yeah. But the conditions that she had have now been fixed. Yeah. And she can go back to wrestling, but they're still saying, no, you can't.
2: Interesting.
1: So, well, there's
0: a few wrestlers that have gone from um, WWE to All Elite Wrestling.
1: There's a lot of wrestlers. Well, I was going to say there's yeah. a few.
0: There's a lot. And yeah. a lot of them have been formerly injured wrestlers
1: too. That's true, yeah. yeah. Sorry. So Dan- Daniel Bryan uh, yeah. was one of them where he was in WWE and he was re- retired, he came back, mm. but then he just found that, you know, the company wasn't where he wanted it to be and so he moved to All Elite Wrestling. Mm. And I-, I moved to All Elite Wrestling as well and I don't watch the WWE product anymore. And uh, I-, I just this week because I was sick, uh, I threw on uh, some WWE stuff and I watched it. And after watching All Elite Wrestling for the last six months, I was going, oh, yeah, it's not really the same thing anymore. It's, yeah. it's amazing the difference between the, the, the two I products.
0: I think All Elite Wrestling is more technical. I find there's a lot of more technical. Like, Daniel Bryan is a real technical mm. wrestler. Yes. Where yeah. he's not really about the entertainment. Look at us talking <laughs> I feel like he's not so much about the, the character and the entertainment. He's more like a technical wrestler.
1: He's better wrestler, so, yeah. yeah. and Yeah,
0: he really is. So yeah. I think that's... maybe why he made the movie because I feel like it is a little bit more te- there's characters obviously mm, mm. but yeah it seems to be more
1: technical it's um, just yeah there's something about it and uh, my favourite wrestler Dan Housen is in uh, AEW yes yeah. and he uh yeah you know, he never wins but he's
0: <laughs> but he's good entertainment. Yeah, he's
1: entertainment that's what i like <laughs>
0: oh that's funny oh wrestling that is good wrestling is great entertainment mm. i um i often back wrestling people go why do you watch wrestling and i'm like it's well, really entertaining but you know asked me a year ago would have went nap but
1: yeah <laughs> something,
0: something changed and i i do enjoy the wrestling but yeah it's great to see uh saraya uh back in the the ring, Mm. uh, especially for someone who started wrestling at such a young age, Mm. and that's all she's ever known and probably, well, based on the fighting with my family, Mm. aspired to. So imagine being injured you know, at a young age, cause I'd say she'd be about 20 mid twenties or late twenties, maybe my age. Probably and your age.
1: I'd say, I'd say yeah. Now. So maybe yeah, 30 yeah, yeah. and,
0: um, yeah. Walking away from, from mm. your career at that age with probably no backup plan, to be honest. Mm. I mean, unless, I mean, I, I guess you can get into training and stuff, but
1: well, she'd still be, she was working with WWE doing stuff like, um, Behind the know, scenes, backstage, yeah. but also, uh, like She's on camera general manager
0: for a while. hey?
1: Oh she yeah. Be, as, yeah. as a, um, a storyline kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's, um, yeah, it's good that she's back. When she came back, though, she came back in the AEW ring, mm. and you, you've got all these other fantastic wrestlers. But when she came into the ring, um, didn't even do any moves or anything like that. But she has such a presence. Yeah, you know, she's just got something that about her when you see her. So, it, yeah, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> great. she's
0: um, getting she's emotional. such a great. <laughs> no, she's such a great wrestler. I think when you look at. Um, and not to be too sexist, but when you look at WWE traditionally, a lot of the female wrestlers were um, put there based on this is this is like ten mm, years mm. ago, like looks and, and things like yep. that. She didn't have that traditional, you know, tan blonde hair yep. look that those wrestlers had. She came in with, you know, dark black hair and pale skin, <laughs> British and just uh, kind of through the ste- like the the traditional kind of conventional stuff on its head. Mm, Like, she really mm. threw it on its head. And I think it's really paved some way for some interesting characters for the WWE that aren't based on... uh, Women's wrestling has come a long way. Oh, God, yeah. Like, a really long way. They weren't even... um, like the paper um, view stuff, they weren't really featured heavily on a lot of that stuff, like WrestleMania and yep. stuff like that. And, and if they had
1: a match at all, it yeah. would be a mud a mud bath match or a bra yeah. and panties match. Exactly. You know, where, where the goal was to um, strip your opponent of their dress yeah. so they were their bra know. and panties. And it was just like... Yeah, there was no respect for the women, but yep. that's all changed in the last decade. Yeah, it's yep.
0: amazing. Anyway, we should wrap up here and let Quizzy into the studio to dig through some crates. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of Pop Culture.